I think one of the moments that I saw the greatest contrast between like light and darkness happened about 10 years ago in my life, all right? I'm talking about like the, this thick darkness and then this strong contrast of light that I saw like the true effect, the power of light. So I was uh, at this place called Mammoth Caves. It's in Kentucky, all right? Um, Mammoth Caves is the largest cave system in the whole entire world, all right? It's the longest stretch of caves that you can find on this planet Earth. It's about 420 miles in length from what they've been able to find so far. So I was on this little tour, and it was only about a sliver of this whole entire cave system. It was about a 10-mile cave tour. And I was at the lowest point of this cave tour. Whenever I was on this tour, they took us down through the crevices of the cave. And when we were at the lowest point, before we started trekking back upwards to the spot, our tour guide brought us in. He gathered all of us in. There was probably about 50 of us. He gathered all of us in and tried to get us to squeeze in as tight as we could, probably so that we wouldn't fall off into the the crevices of the cave with what was about to happen. Because after he got us all into like this really tight-knit group, he turns off the light. Turns off the light. And it's just this thick darkness that takes over every single person. There's gasps that are happening with people that are experiencing this thick darkness. I'm talking about like an overwhelming type of darkness that we experience at the crevices of this cave. And so it's this experience that I've never had with darkness before in my life. I mean, I I couldn't even see my hand if I were to put it like an inch in front of my face. It was so dark down there. And this feeling that just kind of came over me is like, there's no way I'm going to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like it's one of those spots where you're in that it's like I've never had an experience like this before and I realize where I'm at in terms of like space, you know? And there's no way, absolutely no way I'm gonna be able to navigate my way out of here. And it was at this moment of just this thick darkness and these thoughts that are going through my mind that I also saw the true power of light. Because about 20 seconds of this darkness that the guided tour allowed us to experience, you saw this little glimmer, this little, little flicker of light that popped up in the midst of this small compacted group that we were with. Our tour guide had lit a match. And as the match lit up the faces that were around us. You could see just the power of light because the thickness of the darkness, this darkness that I'd never experienced in my life before could not put out the glimmer, this little flicker of a light that came from the match. National Geographic wrote an article and I think they summarized just the whole experience really well. So here's what they had to say. It says, usually on a tour, a ranger gathers everyone after a warning and switches off the lights. The darkness is sudden, absolute. Then the ranger lights a match, and the tiny dot of light magically spreads, illuminating a circle of astonished faces, which is exactly what I experienced. I mean, the, fa- the faces that I saw of the people that were compacted into this little group were just astonished, like eyes wide with what was going on. 
Well, tonight, I just want to look at a story that's around the birth of Jesus, and it's a story that we don't often look at. So here's kind of what's going on, all right? Mary has already given birth to Jesus. Jesus is here. And so Mary and Joseph take Jesus, baby Jesus, eight days old Jesus, to Jerusalem, to the temple, to do the customary rules that you would do under Jewish law. So they took Jesus so that they could dedicate Jesus to the Lord and then also offer a sacrifice for the gift that this baby boy was to their new family. And as they're there, they meet this guy, Simeon. All right, so Simeon is an elderly man. This is a man that he was devout and righteous is what the Bible tells us. God had made this promise that Simeon would not see death without seeing the promised Messiah before he was called home by his God. And so what happens in this scene is Simeon, this guy who's been promised that he would see the Messiah, he's guided by the Spirit of God, And he takes up the baby Jesus in his arms and he praises God and just as a recollection of what he said, here's what he says. Now, master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation and you have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people Israel. What happens after this is Mary and Joseph, they hear this, these words from, from Simeon, and you have to imagine that their mind is just kind of recollecting all that has happened within like the last nine months. I mean, seeing angels, having a virgin birth, you have this baby boy, and now you have all this being said to you once again. Like, they're astonished by everything that's happening in their life. Now, There's a phrase in Simeon's statement here that I just want to spend the rest of our time, the next like 10 to 15 minutes, just really looking at. And it captures the theme of Christmas, and it's the theme of light. Simeon says, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. Gentiles literally meaning anybody that's not Jewish. So what Simeon is basically saying, this is a light for the whole world. Not just for God's people, this is a light for the entire world world. And what we see, if we consider this statement, is the purpose of Christmas. In this small little statement, we see the purpose of Christmas, because through the birth of Jesus, God is making two statements to us as mankind. The first one is this, this world is dark. This world is dark. And then secondly, Jesus is a light that this world needs. So consider the first one with me, and then we'll move to the second one, all right? So this line doesn't talk about darkness explicitly, does it? It's not in there. But if light is needed, then it means that a place is dark, doesn't it? If you need light, then it means that the place is dark. And while this passage doesn't hint at darkness, we see it throughout the rest of the Bible, all right? So one of the most remembered, mo- the most pertinent passages when it talks about darkness is found in Matthew four sixteen. This is where Matthew is quoting Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, another one that's very important when it comes to the coming of the Messiah, the promised Messiah. Here's what it says. The people who live in what? Darkness. They have seen a great light. And for those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. So you see darkness here. Darkness is associated with death. You have light that's entered into the world and it's associated with life. When the Bible speaks, when the Bible says that the world is dark, here's what it means. It means that it's filled with sin and suffering. 
Our world is filled with sin and suffering. Now, we don't meet, need a lot of help in identifying the darkness that's around us, do we? I mean, if anything, the last couple of years have taught us is that our world is filled with sin and suffering, right? Both physical and social. So physically, I mean, within just this past week, I saw a news headline that said there's been 814,000 people that have died by the coronavirus in the last two years. Suffering, right? Intense pain, loss, difficulty. It's all around us. I mean, we're always, we have masks on right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, for crying out loud, we all understand the suffering that's going on around us. But we also see it socially, don't we? Just the last couple of weeks, we've had some of the most public trials, court cases that have taken place in our country in quite some time, all centered around justice, injustice, and the loss of life. So very before us, suffering. Very before us, sin. It's all around us. But not only is it all around us, but the Bible also tells us that it's in us. This darkness isn't just something that is around us, but it's something that's penetrated our own life and our own soul. I just turned 36 a couple of days ago, and I feel like there's things that I'm just realizing in my own life, things that are just standing out a bit more than maybe about 10 years ago. So thinking just socially and physically. So I physically, turning 36, I have four boys. Oldest is eight. I see a difference in my body whenever I'm trying to get up and down to play on the ground with my boys. There's a little bit more of a difficulty to get back up, if you know what I'm saying. Like I understand the darkness that has just kind of penetrated my own body and the way it's affecting me, the suffering that's taking place in this world. But I also experience it with my own sin. There's a way that I feel like I experience my own sin and it stands out a lot more to me than 10 years ago. When I, I think about like relationships, I think about my impatience a lot of the times. It's like, man, I wish I was just a little bit more soft, a little bit more gentle. I experienced my lack of self-control, especially when, like, when it comes to things like food, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just this easiness to go and like shove your face with food. Like I, I see it, I feel it. I also like things like my own personal pride. This isn't just some, darkness isn't just something that's all around us, something that's very easy to see, but the older that we get, I think there's a way that we experience this darkness inside of us a little bit more than maybe what we realize when we're younger. As Matthew said, we live in this darkness. We see it all around us, but we experience it inside of us too. But not only does this line that Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles say that this world is filled with darkness, but it also implies that we cannot fix it. Here's what Simeon says. He says, my eyes have seen your salvation. Now listen, you have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. This bucks up against our statement, our sentiments regarding Christmas, but here's what, that, what, here's what Simeon is saying. He's saying that this light has been prepared for us outside of us. This isn't something that we can do for ourselves. This isn't a darkness that we can fix for ourselves, but this is something that had to be done for us outside of us. God literally doing this on our behalf. 
If you ask people the meaning of Christmas, here's some of their thoughts that you're likely to hear. All right, you're gonna recognize some of these names. Carrie Fisher, beloved Carrie Fisher, she says this, I don't think Christmas is necessarily about things. It's about being good to one another. Charles Schultz says this, Christmas is doing a little something extra for someone. Dr. Seuss, beloved Dr. Seuss, says this, Christmas will always be as long as we stand heart to heart and hand in hand. And then Helen Steiner Rice says this, peace on earth will come to stay when we live Christmas every day. Now, as, long, as much as I like these statements, as, long, as much as they are warm and positive, listen, from what we see in the Bible, specifically about the darkness that's all around us as well as the darkness that's inside of us, these statements exude a false confidence. These statements suggest that we are capable, that we have the light within us, and that we can rid the darkness that's all around us, including inside of us. Here's what they're kind of saying. It's like, if we just try a little bit harder, if we just give a little bit more, if we become just a little bit more accepting, then, then, if we can just kind of unite and we can do this together as humanity, holistically, then we can rid this world of darkness. But look, if we are really honest with ourselves and we look at our track record, we, this world has been in existence for thousands, if up to billions, depending on your understanding of how long our world has been here. We, we should look at our track record and we should look at it and say, that's a long, long track record against us in figuring out and how to get the darkness out of here, right? I mean, time in our experience, it, it speaks against us. So look, Simeon is right. This, our world is dark. It's all around us. It's inside of us. We can't fix it and we need help. And that's the good news of Christmas. The good news of Christmas is that the light has invaded our darkness. And what the Bible tells us is that this light is Jesus. See, Jesus is the light this, this, that this world needs. See, God takes up himself, he makes it his priority to fix our darkness and he does it by sending Jesus into our darkness. We see others besides Simeon speak to this in the Bible, but we also see Jesus in his life and ministry make this personal claim himself. So the Gospel of John, which is written by the Apostle John, right? So this is a person that has seen Jesus' life and ministry up close, very personal, maybe closer and more personal than any other person that's walked the face of the planet. He writes this about Jesus in the opening lines of his gospel. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and look, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. So here's the goodness of the effects of light, all right? We know that light, it's essential to life, and we see this in at least three different ways. We see that life, light produces life. I mean, without light, our world literally withers away. You can't grow plants. We, as human beings, would not exist without light. Light produces life. Light also reveals truth. You cannot walk into a room without turning on the light to understand where you're going. It gives you a revelation. It's illuminating. It shows you the way. It reveals truth. But light is also beautiful. 
It's endearing to our eyes. This is why we go out into the country, away from the city, and in the darkness, we lay down on our backs in the grass, and we look up at the stars because we see the beauty of the light that stands out to us, and it's endearing to us. Well, here, with all this, this understanding of light, here's what John is doing whenever he's writing these statements in the opening of his gospel. John is saying here that Jesus, as light, is all of these qualities, He's saying that Jesus produces life. As Simeon says, Jesus is our salvation. He's the one that provides eternal life. There's only one person that can give us eternal life, and it's Jesus. And that's what John is telling us when he he describes Jesus as light. When he says that Jesus is light, he also is saying that Jesus reveals truth. Jesus spoke with authority that amazed people whenever he spoke from the scriptures. He reveals to us our own darkness and our own sin. But on top of that, Jesus is also beautiful. Jesus, his life was beautiful. It broke through our darkness. All the injustice, all the exploitation, all the greed, all the pride, all this put, all Jesus' life put this on display because he was the exact opposite of everything that the world had ever experienced. His life was beautiful. This is why masses and crowds followed Jesus because his life was beautiful. He was the light of the world. And Jesus didn't deny any of this. In fact, He proclaimed himself as the light, literally standing before a crowd of his own people on one of the nationalistic holidays. Jesus stands up before them and says this, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. Look, Jesus is not only affirming what John says about him in the opening of his gospel, he's owning it. He's saying, I'm the light of the world. I am eternal, I'm your only hope. If you want eternal life, if you wanna make this life last beyond just your, your only breaths that you have in this world, you have to trust in me. If you wanna know truth, then you have to come to me. My light shines into your darkness, it reveals it. I'm the one that shows you how to get rid of the darkness in your own life. You can only have that through me. I am the light of the world. My light breaks through your darkness and brings you great joy. My beauty can become your beauty when you come and you follow me. Look, Jesus came at Christmas, but he came for Easter, right? Jesus came at Christmas in order to exude this light, to bring this light into the world, but he came for Easter. The first light shone at the birth of Jesus at Christmas, but it breaks through the world's darkness at Easter. The empty grave proves that the light conquered darkness because Satan, sin, and death are the ones that remain in the grave, not Jesus himself. So this is the message of Christmas. This world is dark. We see it all around us. We see it inside of us. But Jesus, the light of the world, he's entered our darkness and he's overcome it. Now there's one last thing. There's one last thing that, that light reveals to us. There's one last thing that light does to us. It provides joy. Light provides joy. This is why we decorate our homes with lights. This is why we drive down Candy Cane Lane. 
We drive down because the lights are beautiful and it produces a joy inside of us. This is why I wake up in the morning after I get my boys out of bed and I go sit on our couch and I turn on the Christmas lights and I sit there because it produces immense joy inside of me. Light produces joy and without it there's only darkness and depression. This is why in the darkest nights of darkest nights of the world this is why people deal with depression. Because we need light and it produces joy inside of us. Well, here's the good news for us that at Christmas light has entered our world and look, it's overcome your darkness. It's defeated the darkness around you and it's defeated the darkness in you and the hope of, our, of this light is that it's coming again and whenever it comes, there will be no more sun, there's no more sickness, there's no more pain, there's no more death because the light of the world will be with us 24-7 for the rest of eternity and we get to experience the joy that comes with this great light. So look, be filled, like this is, the, this is the proper response that you walk away and the remembrance of what happened when Jesus entered into this world. Tomorrow morning when we wake up and we think about the birth of Jesus, the proper response is joy. He's the light of the world. He's a light for revelation to the Gentiles. He's a light for the whole entire world, for you and for me, and it should produce great joy. So look, leave this place hopeful, joy-filled, and ready to celebrate because of the goodness of what Jesus has done for us. Let's pray.